everyone, and welcome on into Betting the High Line, your go-to destination for your picks, parlays, and plays in the beautiful game. I'm Thomas Viola, joined as always by my co-host Taylor Wilson, live from Bogota. Taylor, how are you doing? Happy New Year. This is our first show of the year. Let's make it a good one. It is, Tom. Happy New Year to you. Uh, 2020, 2021. Some similarities across the years so far, but we'll try to make the most of it uh, here, especially as far as the footy is concerned, starting out with some FA Cup. A lot of people don't love the FA Cup these days. You can understand it. It's kind of like when we talk about the international breaks, right? We were on for a couple of those last fall. From a gambling perspective, the issue, Tom, is a lot of these teams we just don't know enough about. So there's some crapshoots. You're rolling the dice in some of these, but I have some plays, so hopefully we can make some money. Yeah, hopefully we can. Obviously, we're recording this on a Friday. couple games going on today. Wolverhampton Wanderers versus Crystal Palace. Aston Villa versus Liverpool. Um, real quick on that Villa-Liverpool game, the amount of absolute bullshit going on in the fact that Villa is going to have to play a U23 squad to take on Liverpool – Man City loses one player and they get their game versus Everton postponed. But Aston Villa, not a big club. They don't get to do that. That that just reeks to me. But that's just my that's my old man yells at cry, uh, cloud gripe of the day. Let's move on. You've got some plays in this FA Cup and let's get right into those. Yeah, so I want to start out with a parlay. Um, the first kind of caveat to this is... In a lot of these games, especially this, this is the third round of the FA Cup, right? So let's set the stage. This is when the Prem teams come in. Other divisions have been playing. In some cases, you know, these non-league teams, so these teams that are fifth division and lower, have been playing several rounds at this point to get to what is now the third round of the FA Cup. But it's basically the opening round for all of the Premier League teams. So these teams are coming in after a really busy holiday calendar in the Prem, which means a couple of things. Uh, they're going to rest some players, but it also means in some of these fixtures, they're going to be playing teams that in some cases are one, two, three, four divisions lower than they are. And you have to keep all of that in mind when you're thinking about these games. So I look at this as far as like, you know, we think about money line plays a lot of the time in the Premier League. You almost have to substitute any money line consideration for all these so-called big six teams with goal line plays. Oh, yeah. um, you have to kind of think about the goal line as if it's the money line. Don't let huge goal numbers throw you off on some of these games. And I'm going to say the same thing for this parlay that I'm about to mention. So Chelsea playing Morecambe, Manchester City playing Birmingham City, and Marine playing Tottenham. Get into that Marine game in a second because it's an absolutely crazy story uh, for the home team in that one, Marine AFC. First things first, let's just talk about Chelsea. Absolutely garbage month for uh, my <laughs> Chelsea boys. They go from yeah. basically uh, a team that we've been talking about on here, like, oh, there's a lot of value for them in terms of the futures market, in terms of this, in terms of that. And then finally, they start to play real teams. And it's clear that the title race is over for Chelsea as far as the Prem is concerned. So now you have to start to think about what else are they focusing on? That's one of the things I like about taking Chelsea in the FA Cup. This is now a competition. You know, they made it to the FA Cup final last year. They lost to Arsenal. Really heartbreaking result. Chelsea's going to be, I would think, trying to win the FA Cup at this point. Now, that won't be reflected in them playing a lot of their guys in this game uh, against the team in League Two. So that's the fourth division in England. Chelsea, of course, in the top division. Um, Morecambe, right around the upper mid table in seventh in League Two right now. Big wrinkle for them in this game. They just returned to training on Wednesday after 10 days 
in isolation. So this crazy COVID year continues. You have to almost look at every single game to see if there's any COVID-19 related news. And for Morecambe in this game, it's that they haven't even been together in 10 days until this midweek. (laughs) So that's a little bit different from Chelsea, who was playing a couple of games a week, basically all season for the last you know, X amount of months. I'm going right back to the Chelsea well in this. I can't believe I am, but I'm riding them on a ton of goals as one third of this parlay. I'm taking Chelsea minus two and a half goals. I think this will be an absolute blowout. You're talking about a four division difference and it doesn't matter. You know, this is the one positive for Chelsea is they still have so much depth. So they're not going to play their starters in this game, but what does that mean? It means they still might play a guy like Kai Havertz, who's been struggling to get in and out of the team. They still might play uh, a guy like Akeem Ziyech, who was injured for so often. He might still get some minutes in this game to try to get back into match form. Um, They still have a lot of depth across the team. You can't say the same thing for Morecambe down in League Two. So one-third of this parlay, Chelsea minus two and a half goals. The other one, Man City, Birmingham City. I'm taking Man City minus a goal and a half. Looking at where Birmingham are at this point, possible relegation threat down in the championship in the second division. They're in 18th right now. Real chance that they get relegated this season and go down to the third division. Terrible form right now over the holidays as well. They've lost five of their last six. Only exception, a nil-nil draw against another terrible team, Nottingham Forest. City won't play everyone in this game, but they do care about the FA Cup. They won it a couple of years ago. They've made the final in three of the last 10. Um, And, you know, at this point, I think any City play makes sense for the most part. This is a team that's rolling. This is another team like Chelsea that has a lot of depth, a lot of rotation. And even if they sit most of their starters, um, I I think they're able to bring guys in either from the academy or from the regular bench. Think about a guy like Riyad Mahrez might play in this game. He was arguably Leicester's best player when they won the title a few years ago. So I like City at what I think is a pretty modest minus minus a goal and a half for basically an entire division and a half separating those two teams in that game. Now, the third one is where things get really interesting. Let's set the stage for Marine Tottenham. Marine is in the eighth division, Tom, eighth division in the English soccer pyramid. It's absolutely That's insane. That's Sunday biggest... league at that point. It is. It's, it's, it's like you and I going out and playing with the mates at the pitch. It's not that much different. Uh, and I'm not that good at soccer, Tom. So, <clears throat> you know, this is the, the biggest gap in terms of divisions at this stage in the history of the FA Cup. This competition has existed for like almost 150 years. Absolutely insane. Now, it would have been nice, at least from uh, the Marine point of view, to get some fans in there, to get some atmosphere for what could be just kind of a crazy, you know, 1v16, although even crazier matchup in the NCAA tournament kind of vibe. Um, but Let's not try to look too much into the magic here. I will just read off this quote really quick, just so we we understand kind of what Marine's stadium is like. This is a Marine fan in an article in The Guardian writing, quote, the biggest match the club has ever played will take place in front of no fans. I say no fans. In fact, one side of the pitch is bordered by the back gardens of Rossett Road. Some (laughs) residents are in the habit of watching the game from atop their garden walls, or in one case, their children's slide rather than walk around the corner to the turnstile. So like you say, Sunday league, I mean, that's the vibe that we're going to be getting in this game. Another caveat to all these is I'm not making any of these bets until I have some idea who's going to play because why not? Yeah, you have, I mean, I to, you have to wait for these starting lineups. That That's just how it's going to be with these games because some of these teams are going to be Aston Villa doesn't have a choice. They're playing a U23 side against Liverpool, but 
some of these teams are not going to be played. Like Harry Kane isn't going out for this game. Although I am sure that Marine would love to see him out there. But well, that's the thing. Yeah, they would love to play against one of these stars, right? Yeah. But uh, uh, I, you, I, yeah. you have to watch out and see exactly how much, especially in some of these much closer matchups, maybe a championship team versus a Premier League team, and especially the Premier League team games. You have to watch out and just be just be careful. Look at those starting lineups. See who's actually trying to win this competition and who's taking a Jurgen Klopp-esque dive like he did last year and just playing their U23s deeper into the tournament. For sure. And, well, so Spurs is interesting because – they're desperate for silverware of some kind. They're a team that hasn't won a whole lot in the last 30 years. The wrinkle to that is they're going to be in the EFL Cup final. Uh, and they played that game in the midweek. That was a game where they did basically play everyone, which is another indicator that, like you say, you probably won't see the Harry Canes of the world, the Sun Hyung Mins of the world in this game. But I don't think any of that really matters because, again, this is a semi-professional team. This isn't a team in the eighth division. It doesn't matter if it's all academy guys. Tottenham's academy right now. Oh, unquestionably is, more talent. It, and it's not even close. Yeah. So it'll be some of those guys, but it'll also be some of the kind of fringe starters, some of the bench guys. You think about a guy like Matt Doherty, who has been hurt, is probably going to play in this game to try to get some minutes. That's a player of the caliber that most of the guys on 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 Marine have never played against, and and yeah. you know that's not Harry Kane, but it's still a, a prem quality talent. They um, should leave so, like some superstar on the bench just for the last ten minutes to be like, hey, you know what? Go out and have like give them a show, give them a good time. Well, it is Jose Mourinho, so he he does tend to have a cheeky trick up his sleeve. We'll see if he does something like that. Uh, so I'm throwing Spurs in as the third play in this. Three giant teams against three relative minnows. Now, how many goals, you might ask? Minus 3.75. That's now, it. <laughs> you can, right. Well, this is the thing. This is why it's on the parlay. Now, I have another yeah. separate play that I'm going to get into in just one second. Um, that's a pretty modest number as far as I'm concerned. That's a number I would be comfortable taking Spurs in maybe against a League Two team or a fifth division team. This is an eighth division team right now. So, you put all those together, you might say, oh, well, you must be, yeah, three teams on some crazy goal lines. How much of value are you getting? Well, only plus 250. So that's where I know you're the value <laughs> guy, Tom. You're going to be like, what the hell are you doing on this? But again, I am considering goals in place of money lines. Money lines basically don't exist for these plays. So you yeah. have to throw out all of the logic of like, yeah, of course, these plays in the Prem would be like 15 to one. I mean, the, the minus 3.75 in there would be even better than 15 to one. But that's not what this is. You know, this is almost a different sport at this point. You have to consider these goal lines like money lines. And I'm putting them all together to get two and a half to one value for three plays that I think are coming through. So that's my three team parlay involving Chelsea, involving Man City, involving Tottenham Hotspur. Really quickly, that Marine Tottenham game, I am going to extend it a little bit. You said, oh, that's it. Spurs minus four and a half goals plus value plus 108 is a solo play that I'm going to take as well. So I'm going to have both of those kind of running concurrently. Um, and frankly, it would not be shocking, Tom, to see Tottenham up by five or six goals at halftime in this yeah. game. I completely so, have to agree with you there. Yeah. It's going to be – I mean, I can't wait to watch it just because it's always weird to see a game between two so mismatched teams, and it's even weirder to see one historically – mismatched like this is like you said first time that we've ever had this wide of a gap between two teams and eighth division that is literally sunday league that's that's what people have to understand these are people that have jobs that are not soccer player they 
they're, they're out there to have fun. And all of a sudden they're going up against the premier league side. This is going to be incredible. Any other plays in the FA cup, or do you want to move on here to the Bundesliga? Because chronologically they're the ones playing next since they don't have uh, they don't have a weird weekend break to go with the FA cup. It's a good tease. Let me give you two more FA cup plays. I promise. All I right. Hit me with them. <laughs> I love one of the value plays I like in this is Prem versus championship, especially if it's a pretty solid championship team, kind of upper mid table. One I'm looking at here is Stoke against Leicester City. Now, Leicester's been in pretty good form. Stoke has been in very good form in the championship. I'm going Stoke, money line, plus 380 in this game. Uh, I, I think that value is outstanding for, again, a Leicester team I don't expect will play very many guys. And I don't think Leicester has that same kind of depth of those bigger prem teams that I just mentioned that I'm taking on the goal lines. You take Jamie Vardy out of this team, you take James Madison out of this team, which I expect will happen in this game, you're not playing a, a total minnow in Stoke. Stoke could be in the Premier League next season. So I just think that's a coin flip at that point. You're getting plus 380 value for Stoke. I have to take it. You know, I, I just think that value is out of whack. Another one, um, this time it's Prem against League One, Burnley against Milton Keynes Dons, MK Dons. I'm taking them as visitors plus 390. It's another situation where I think the value is completely off. Because Burnley, they don't have the kind of depth to rotate their team and still be successful. And I don't think they'll be starting many guys in this game because they're in a relegation scrap. They need to start resting players when they can. And here's a prime opportunity to do so. Um, Dons, they have like a few players I've recognized just looking at their team. Cameron Jerome, former Prem guy. Andrew Sermon played for Bournemouth for many years uh, in the Prem as well. They've only lost two of their last nine. Again, I think this is a total coin flip, plus 390, good enough value for me to take MK Dons. Those are my FA Cup plays. <laughs> all right. Taylor's got us covered on all of that <laughs> FA Cup action. I don't really have too much riding in the FA Cup right now. Um, like you said, I'm a value player. It's tough to derive some value from these games. There's a lot of uncertainty. Will I probably follow you on a couple of these? Yes, for sure making some of my own for this one, not quite feeling it. Uh, the later rounds of the FA cup, once I have a better idea of who's playing, like who's playing their team and who's really not into it. That's when I like to jump in towards those later rounds when it's more names that I'm much more familiar with, but let's move on to the Bundesliga because like we said, chronologically they're next in order. We don't have EPL games until the midweek. There's a little bit of action going on tomorrow that I actually really quite like now, hopefully we'll be able to get this episode up in time that not all of this is completely out the window by then. But first and foremost, Schalke. They have been absolutely miserable since losing Weston McKinney and quite frankly, well before losing Weston McKinney. Last season, this team really quite frankly lucky to stay up. They were playing pitiful football. They've continued that not quite at Sheffield levels, but pretty damn close. They have been absolutely atrocious this season. They look destined for a relegation fight that could very well see them going down once again. And they are taking on a Hoffenheim team that is minus 139 from DraftKings tomorrow to win that game. I, I, I like Hoffenheim in this one. You're getting them straight up. This Schalke team has been so listless and wandering. They have no idea what's going on. So I'm definitely not touching this, but... Here's the question, because I believe you are a, a Schalke fan. Is this correct, Tom? Um, I have applied for my <laughs> I have applied for my one time switch. My problem with Schalke, right. my problem with Schalke <laughs> is threefold here. It's not it's not just being fair weather. It's number one. The reason I became a fan was because they had Eric Maxime Chupomotin. 
amazing name. I love the Cameroonian <laughs> national team. They are my African national team. Uh, he's gone. He's a PSG doing nothing for them now. Then they had Weston McKinney. All right, I could get behind a great American kid coming up. He's gone. And then you, you, you combine all that with the fact that they're absolutely terrible. I have, I have applied for my one-time switch to Dortmund. <laughs> they, okay. they, have, they have a pedigree and history of developing American players at this point. They might be getting Jesse Marsh as their manager. They've got Gio Reyna in the building right now. That, that, that's, that's my new Bundesliga, Bundesliga team at this, at this point. And coincidentally enough, they are playing in a very, very big matchup this coming weekend. Tomorrow, 9.30 a.m., they're going up against Leipzig. And despite my newfound fandom, I have to go with Leipzig in this one. That's my lean. Leipzig plus 130 on DraftKings. Borussia Dortmund, 2-1 to one on the road. And the draw is plus 250. I think Leipzig is going to come out with this win. I'm debating a half-unit play on it. My big play, though, two and a half goals, minus 139 at DraftKings right now. Might be able to find a slightly better number somewhere else. But this game is sailing over that total. I am sure of it. I see this finishing 2-2, 3-3, 4-4, and obviously with a winner. But my point is I see this finishing well over a 2-1 result. I think I'll follow you on that over, actually. I didn't even look at the total uh, before I thought about this game. I think that 2-2, I mean, as far as like a pre, I would never advise a pre-flop exacta necessarily, but a two, especially a high scoring one, right? But a 2-2 is kind of intriguing. I think that sounds about right for this game. I mean, I was more so, I, I was throwing those numbers out as the hypothetical. My point was that I, I expect yeah, yeah. more, yeah, I expect more than three goals yeah. in this game. Um, but if you want to go with the 2-2, I, I think that Leipzig is coming out with the win. I, I, so I want to clarify, I'm actually not going to do the 2-2 and I'm going against you for my actual play in this game. Uh, and that's going Dortmund plus 200. I'm going to go Dortmund money line on this. I think this is another sort of, uh, this is Thomas Viola value play, actually. Uh, I, I like, I like this as a coin flip game. I like two to one for a Dortmund team that is now in the post Lucien Favre era. They've won three of four since he left. They haven't necessarily looked like a, you know, we talk about this new manager push, and they haven't totally gotten it because they're kind of still in this caretaker phase. Um, they're, they're still very inconsistent. They're a team that, you know, I, I mostly want to bet this because it's a game I'm going to be watching. It's a game I want action on. And I think eventually Dortmund will turn the corner and be a better team than Leipzig in the macro in this league um, because the attacking punch is still incredible. I mean, the talent is still at a higher ceiling, I would say, than Leipzig with guys like Holland, Sancho our American boy, Gio Reyna, Marco Royce, et cetera, et cetera. Um, but yeah, yeah, I think this could go either way. I like plus 200 just as a value play. But as you say that over two and a half, that might be like the lock in this game. Yeah, exactly. That's, that is my big play here. That, that That's the one I'm looking at most. Uh, I, I really love the total in that one. I think that the side could go either way, which is why we're on opposite ends in this one. I think Leipzig is still just a little bit better. I think that they're really starting to get close to that ability that – Bayern seems to have of when they when they need the result they go out and get the result Leipzig isn't quite there yet they're obviously not the same level as Bayern who is possibly the best team in the world and probably the best team in the world right now but I think that Leipzig is good enough to win this game however by far and away top play is that over two and a half goals one more play in the Bundesliga for me Freiburg versus Kolm we want to talk about some crap teams. Köln has been a crap team. They haven't been quite as crap as Schalke because no one's been that bad except Sheffield. I take it back, by the way, when I said that they weren't quite at Sheffield levels. They have four points so far on the season. They are 
two points ahead of Sheffield in the international table, as we might call it. They are bad, bad. But this Colton team sits in 15th. They're just outside of relegation right now. They're a three to one road dog tomorrow, 6.30 a.m. versus a Freiburg team that sits in ninth and has quite frankly been playing decent ball. They have a minus one goal differential as opposed to Colton's minus nine. And uh, this is a team, this is a team that I see taking this game handily. They're minus 130, uh, minus 112. I'm sorry, minus 112. That's that, that, I think that qualifies as a Thomas Viola value play for me. You're getting minus 112 on a team that is facing a relegation side. Give me Freiburg up in this one. That makes sense. I, I took Freiburg a bunch last year post restart. Actually, there was that that period where like Bundesliga was the league, right? When it was back and yeah, and it, it was the action for the whole world to enjoy. Um, and it, it seemed like the books were off on Freiburg a lot. Sounds like they're kind of off on this one too. So yeah, I would probably lean Freiburg. My other Bundesliga play uh, is also kind of in the margins. It's Augsburg and Stuttgart. Um, two teams that are basically neck and neck in the table. Augsburg on 19 points, Stuttgart on 18, right in the heart of the middle of the Bundesliga. Uh, I'm going Stuttgart plus 120 because I think this team is really coming together as a well-rounded side. Earlier in the year, it was all about, wow, this team can score some goals. They're interesting going forward. Now they've gotten more compact defensively. They're actually playing kind of good soccer in the middle of the park. Um, and those are the kind of games like it, the kind of teams, if I can get a plus value play, I'm going to take it because I've already seen what they can do going forward. Now I see what they're doing at the other end. Uh, give me Stuttgart plus 120. One of my best friends, actually, um, he spent six months or so in Stuttgart uh, on a, on an exchange program. And then, he had, he hosted an exchange student from the town uh, that we got to hang out with back in high school. Always wanted to go there, but have always held a place for that team in my heart because of that. And I like that play too. Stuttgart has been doing pretty well this season. I, I, I'm down to follow you on the plus 120 road dog. I love it. Shouts, shouts to your friend. Uh, my grandma. I'm sorry, plus 120 road favorite, but yeah, favorite, uh, your yeah. grandma is from Stuttgart. So we have the, oh. the, the betting the high line uh, Stuttgart connections across the board. Uh, they are, you know, my German team as far as I have one. Uh, but forget that, you know, I don't, I don't, I, I try not to gamble with the heart, but I do think yeah. Stuttgart takes this one. I'm going to go with you on that. Now let's shift our focus over and talk a little bit before we bring on our guest today, Dylan Esma. Let's talk about the EPL futures. Because like you said, Man City has been a team in form right now. They currently sit with DraftKings as the minus 110 favorite to win the whole damn league. Liverpool's second favorite with plus 275. Chelsea all the way to 40 to 1 now. And Tottenham has fallen back into the pack at 14 to 1. Man United, by the way, climbed all the way up to 6 to 1. And the only other team that I'm really going to pull out there, Arsenal, 10,000. 100 to 1. I'm sorry, plus 10,000. 100 to 1 right now. And DraftKings has been kind enough to provide us with their betting splits for the EPL. Once again, shout out to DraftKings. They're where we pull most of our lines from. Full disclosure, they do not pay us for this. We choose them because of their wide availability around the country, as well as their betting menu, which is quite frankly, very, very good. They offer more bets on uh, on soccer than a lot of the other books out there. And that's why we like to use them here. But take a guess, which team has the most money on it, Taylor? Uh, is it, uh, oh God, it, it's not Man This isn't U, a is hard it? question. It's Chelsea? No, uh, Liverpool. 
Oh, uh, yeah. They're still, well. Liverpool's see, got uh, 23% of the bets, 27% of the handles. So that's so, 23% yeah. of the tickets, 27% of the money. So we think back to preseason where, I mean, it's a similar trend. City and Liverpool were the preseason favorites across the board, whether you're looking at a gambling sense, whether you're looking at what the public was taking, whether you're looking at, you know, the handle of the tickets. Um, Both of those teams remain the favorites. Both of those teams do look like the best teams in the league. Uh, Neither of them have value that I'm particularly interested in. Oh, no question. And I, you know, we can get Dylan's thoughts on this when he comes in in a second, but I still think the plays on this are more in the kind of top six or top four land than the title. Now, the big exception to that, and I know I called them out of the title race earlier, and I'm certainly not going to sit here and say much positive about Chelsea Football Club right now. <laughs> but I mean, that's forty to one, man. I, hey, it could that's happen. a lot of value. I, I, I'm down. I'm down to take a flyer on them at forty to one. It's just I, there's an assumption with Chelsea still that and I, I like let's go back to last season where they started out pretty shoddily and there was this idea of hey eventually you know all these new faces playing together are gonna play better and they did they played a lot better in the second half and they finished in the top four this season it's kind of the same deal it's not as many kids playing as last year although there are still some kids but it's this idea of bringing in basically five elevenths of the starting lineup is new this season from last year. And it will inevitably take some time to see all those pieces fall into place. The biggest issue with Chelsea, the biggest worry, the thing that keeps Chelsea fans up at night at this moment, the thing that keeps Frank Lampard up at night is Timo Werner looks like a Fernando Torres-esque bust for this team. His goal drought just continues to go on. Um, He looks most concerningly, just really rattled. He looks extremely out of it mentally. Looks like he has the yips. And that's an issue for a team that has some creative players. You have a Pulisic, you have a Ziyech, who have both been playing pretty well when they're both in the team, um, contrary to popular belief. I think even in that City game, you still saw some things from Christian Pulisic. I mean, that, that kid is still incredible. I, I really love uh, Alexi Lawless's take on this, actually. What is that? He, he said, uh, let's be frank, Christian Pulisic is too good for this Chelsea side. Yeah. <laughs> it's, not, it's not a bad take. I mean, I, at this point, he is – you watch some of these Chelsea games where they're completely out of it. He's the bright spot, right? I mean, he's yeah. the guy who's who's kind of creating offense out of nowhere. Uh, the issue is, is you know, Christian, Christian can score goals, but that's not his number one job. It's not his number one skill, uh, nor should it be something that he makes that. I mean, like he's a playmaker, he's a runner, he goes in at guys and he sends in beautiful balls and he needs someone to be at the end of it to score it. And Timo Werner has not been that guy. Giroud has kind of been that guy, but he's in his mid-30s at this point. And there was an assumption. Yeah, but Giroud's the started. one that's actually scoring goals. Keep him in the lineup. Right. Well, but this is the issue though, right? Because Chelsea, so everything Chelsea, there's a micro versus macro conversation going on, I think, internally and around Chelsea. Short-term versus long-term. This is true with a guy like Frank Lampard too, right? Chelsea brought in Frank Lampard to ideally be the guy that breaks this trend of a new Chelsea manager every two or three years. Mm-hmm. And now, unfortunately, you know, to get out of that chain of events, you need the correct manager. And it doesn't look like Frank Lampard's the guy. It's the same deal with a guy like Timo Werner. It's the idea that, hey, you know, we can have maybe an established striker. We won't have to keep going to the transfer market, but it appears to be the wrong guy. So on the Giroud take, Giroud's too old to be a long-term solution for Chelsea. 
So then you start talking about what can Giroud do for this team this year, or does Chelsea even care about at this point getting anything out of the Prem? Now, for a team with those kind of financial stakes, you pretty much have to get top four. There's a huge financial burden if you miss out on the Champions League. So there is still a priority to get that fourth place spot, which is not out of the question. They could still do it if they get some things back together. Um, So in that sense, you know, playing Giroud over Timo makes a lot of sense, but Giroud is not going to be the guy in all likelihood by next season. Giroud won't be the guy. And maybe Timo Werner won't be the guy either. It doesn't seem like Tammy Abraham won't be the guy either. Those are the three Chelsea strikers right now. So as far as the long-term Chelsea situation, again, you're looking at a team that has to go back into the transfer market in the summer and find a player. And that is the last thing that Chelsea wanted when they were spending heaps of money last year. But I mean, You've got you've got Abramov leading this team in terms of the financial backing. Abramovich, uh, all, all these oil barons—they all run together. Come on, <laughs> but you have so much money that it really doesn't matter. They're gonna go out and get whoever they want. They have already shown they don't care about financial fair play. Right. Yeah, well, and, the only place. Yeah, and I think the big thing is don't fire Frank Lampard yet. Last season looked pretty good. Uh, despite being his first year and he's trying to pitch it as this is my true first year. Like this is the first year of actually trying to implement my stuff. I need more time. And he does, you can't sour on a manager this quickly, especially when a month ago we were sitting right here talking about what a good job he was doing. It's absolutely ridiculous to be fair weather at this time. But then again, the other factor is premier league teams and teams across the board are firing their managers at a much lower rate this season. And that's twofold. One, one part of that is everybody's hurting right now financially. You don't have fans selling t- you don't You're not selling tickets. You're not getting butts and seats. That is hurt, deeply hurting your bottom line. So Premier League teams aren't willing to be paying two, two managers at the same time. And that has been very helpful because, quite frankly, if you're going to be bad, now is the time to be bad. Because not only do you have more job security because Premier League teams don't want to get rid of their managers – but you also don't have fans in the stadium providing bad optics for you. You're not getting booed week in and week out. And that has been really helping some of these guys, not necessarily Lampard, who I don't think, I don't think the Chelsea boo birds would be quite out yet. Maybe after the, the city game. Yes. But overall, I think that the fan pressure really does make a difference. And the fact that owners aren't seeing that is helping to keep these managers employed for a little bit longer. And I think Lampard is one of those guys that if you give him a little more time, he might be able to figure it out. This is still his first Premier League gig. And he's also got that extra time from being a Chelsea legend. They're not going to fire him quickly. I'll make a plea to our listeners right here. Go ahead and download this episode. Put it in whatever audio editing software you have. Feel free to edit out and shame me for what I'm about to say. (laughs) If it doesn't happen. Frank Lampard will finish this season as Chelsea manager and therefore will start next season as Chelsea manager. I agree. And, and, and I think if it would, if a change would have happened, it would have happened on Monday of this past week. This would have been the time to do it, to fire him, to bring in Thomas Tuchel and, and to just say, Hey, we need the short term. We think things, the bottom is falling out from this club. We have to make a change now. The fact that they didn't make it this week, I don't think it's going to happen. And if it doesn't happen this season, I think he'll be given the leash to start next season as well. This is a massive job for him to be thrown into this early. He had 
a, a year and change managing Darby County in the championship. And that's it before he came mm-hmm. in here. It's a big difference. I know he played for this team and he did a great job, but it's a big difference being a manager. And we've seen all of these kind of player legends get into jobs and struggle a little bit. You're seeing it with Pirlo at Juventus. Um, you saw it with Solskjaer at Manchester United. I know they've turned a corner as a team, but I still have my Solskjaer doubts as well. It's going to be interesting to see what happens with these kind of former players who are given huge jobs very quickly. And if you're going to do that, if Chelsea, you know, they clearly gave this a lot of thought. If they're going to give Frank Lampard the opportunity, they have to actually give him the opportunity and give him the long leash. Where it becomes a disaster is if Chelsea misses the Champions League. We'll see what happens with that. Well, Taylor, you bring up some interesting points about Chelsea, but right now let's bring in Action Network's Dylan Esma because he has some thoughts as well. Dylan, how are you doing today? And what do you think of just the up and down take roller coaster that we have been on when it comes to the likes of Chelsea, Arsenal, Tottenham, etc.? Yeah, it's been it's been quite the roller coaster, I would say, over the last over the last month. Um, you know, Chelsea is the obvious one. Arsenal is also the kind of funny one where people were like, oh, they might actually get relegated. And then, of course, right when people started saying that. Um, in the mainstream media, you know, they're real F3. So, you I mean, know, we, knew, just... we knew they weren't getting relegated as much as I wished it would happen. Yeah. Like I said, yeah. I would have given up an Everton title to see Arsenal get relegated. When Tom said that right here on this show, I knew that, oh man, our, our dreams have been crushed oh, of yeah. any kind of Arsenal relegation or even threat of relegation. And now here they are with this you know, c- compressed upper mid table, uh, not that far off of a European place. Yeah. It's just so gross. Yeah. It's just the, the, it, it, I wouldn't say gross. It's just like, it's just funny how, you know, you and, just need, and this goes like two results go your way or don't go your way. And you're kind of, it's very congested. Right. So. And this goes back to what we were talking about, about managers being lucky to have more time right now. If, if you're going to be bad now is the time to do it. But some of these guys, if you give them a little more time, they're going to figure it out. And it's always bothered me the way that soccer works with their managers, that if you if you have a bad two months, all of a sudden you're out the door. And I get the sense of urgency because obviously relegation is so is such a looming threat. And for some of these teams like Chelsea, the financial stakes of not making the champions that you have to act quickly. But for God's sake, some of these guys, like, how are you supposed to do it in that short of a time? And it, it goes against the, it goes against the thesis of wanting to win games, in my opinion. Yeah. So like, again, and I don't know if anybody serious has said this, but I've, I've heard, I've seen some podcasts that it was like, is Frank on the hot seat? There are three points out of the top four fellas. Just yeah. everyone breathe, please. Okay. Like, it, the fact that there's even a conversation about Frank being on the hot seat, I think is just asinine personally. Um, again, they've had a bad run of form. He needs to figure it out, but like, there's no way that you can fire that guy. If they don't make the top four, then yeah, fire him. But like, you know, we're, you know, 17 games of 38 in and they're three points out of the top four. It, you know, I think everyone just needs to, to take a little bit of a breath, um, especially with with Chelsea specifically, I think the like like you said, Taylor, just the roller coaster of takes has been has been quite something. So, 
I have to completely yeah. agree. Taylor, you have anything to add? No, I mean, I fully agree. I just, just to reiterate, and I, I kind of touched on this earlier before you came on Dylan, but especially when you look at young managers like Mikel Arteta and Frank Lampard, you can criticize the Lampard appointment when it happened. I thought it was a, a huge job for him this early in his managerial career. Said the same thing about Pirlo at Juventus. But once that happens and Chelsea's whole objective is, hey, we want to get out of this manager carousel of having a new manager every 18 months, you got to kind of stick by it. Like once you make that decision, you got to, you, you're in it. You also, if you want to do that, maybe hire a more experienced manager. Just a thought. Exactly. Like, yeah. oh, it, it, it's all frustrating. Teams need to look, look at the NFL. You could be a terrible co- Adam Gase had a job for two damn seasons with the New York Jets. Marvin Lewis had a job for like the last 80 million years with the Cincinnati <laughs> Bengals. These teams never get rid of their coaches quickly. And yeah, it's like Newcastle. Know, the Jets yeah. are like Newcastle, basically, right? I mean, the Jets are more like Sheffield, but that's beside the point. Well, but but my point is Newcastle, they need to get rid of, you know, they, they need to get rid of that manager. But you know, oh yeah. That's, they, an, losing, that's, that's one of my hot takes is like he needs to go like right now. But losing Rafa hurt them badly. Yeah. Ever since there's just no identity, zero personality yeah. to that team. But we don't have yeah. to do a full Newcastle show. But no, know, not, not at all. Not at all. Not at all. No one wants to do a full Newcastle show. But right now, let's move on into some of these Premier League midweek games. We can't go through the whole slate for you, but we do have a couple that are worth hitting on here. And let's start them off uh with one that Guess what is going to be one of my plays? Sheffield versus Newcastle. <laughs> um, Newcastle two to one road dog here. Sheffield plus one fifty favorite to win their first game of the season, and I just don't see it happening. The draw plus two twenty five, but give me Newcastle two to one. That's a Tom Viola value play. You have to watch this game. No, I don't. I can just bet it and okay. forget it. That's good. That's good. Set it and forget is, it. I like that. That is my intention with this matchup, but I just, Newcastle is not going to lose to the Sheffield team. I don't think this is the week that Sheffield gets that. Uh, even with Newcastle playing the FA cup fixture, I don't think that they're going to be too tired to show up against a very terrible Sheffield team. So that's all I got for that one. Uh, if you guys don't have any other thoughts on that one, we can move on to Burnley versus Manchester United. United a minus, what was that? Just just one quick thing. Theoretically, Sheffield's data is really good relative to where they are. So if you guys believe in expected goal reversion and not underperforming your underlying metrics, Sheffield should win some games. They should. I mean, they 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 they, they, sh- they should be like, you know, they, they should have won probably three or four games by now. So, you know, if you believe in that at some point, Sheffield, you know, I'm not going to be the one to call it. I'm just saying that, you know, West Brom, for instance, their data is horrible. They mm-hmm. should be where they are. Sheffield, for whatever reason, they're just they've gotten a little bit unlucky. So I don't hate the play. I'm just just a side comment about Sheffield as a whole. It's just somewhat interesting. Like long. I think term. that's fair. I don't think that they're gonna pull a reverse arsenal and go with the Vincibles, but yeah. I, I I just I don't think that this is the week. And I like getting two to one on Newcastle. It's not gonna be a huge play. I'm not saying yeah. this is my Vegas Dave whale play of the week here or anything. I'm just saying, like, I'm going to sprinkle something on that one. Yeah. Uh, but you guys have some thoughts on Burnley versus Man U. Man U minus 210. Burnley plus 575 as a home dog. And the draw plus 340. 
What are you guys looking at here? I, so I, this is not going to be one of my best bets of the week, um, but I am looking to fade Burnley in some way in this game. I, you know, with what they do defensively, I don't ever love, I, I know Dylan, you kind of like taking Burnley on some of these kind of plus goal lines to keep the game close. So I have a feeling we're going to go against each other on this one, but I think the only value, if you're actually really trying to fade Burnley in this game, if you're trying to take a man you play, which I can't believe how I've changed on Manchester United. I still don't think they're going to win the title. Uh, I think they could still miss the top four, but week to week, I'm still a little bit more interested in, in picking them. And I am going to pick them in this game. And the value that I'm finding is them at a goal and a half plus 135. Um, Dylan, knowing you on some of these Burnley plus goal lines, I have a feeling we're against each other. Am I right? I probably would stay away. Usually, okay. like traditionally, you're spot on. I mean, my bread and butter of EPL betting is under two and a half and plus a quarter when Burnley plays kind of the like seven to 15 type of teams. That's like, that's, that's, that's like perfect for Burnley. They really struggle when they play teams that have like significant athletic advantages, you know, Man City, Chelsea. So, uh, you know, I don't, I, I, I'm, I'm with you, Taylor. I don't think Man United are a legitimate title contender. I think they've gotten frankly a bit lucky um, the last three games. I mean, they could have gotten two points instead of six very easily um, and probably should have against Villa and for sure. And Wolves were basically like, dead at like the 65th minute so i i i wouldn't jump the gun on them for the title as far as that game i i'm actually with you i you know if if anything i would probably lay it with with man united or maybe go burnley team total under um something like that just because i like to back them in certain spots and i you know i, I wouldn't recommend backing them against like a just a superior athletic team like that. So. Yeah, I think that's sound logic. Um, I, it's going to be interesting to see what happens with, with United over the next few months. My biggest thing with them is I'm still not a Solskjaer believer. I, I don't think he's a particularly good manager. I think they get bailed out by having maybe a player of the year candidate in Bruno Fernandez. I, I, I personally think Jack Grealish is the player of the year at, at, at this moment, but Bruno's right in that mix um, because he's a stud. But uh, there's just something to, you know, you assume that they're going to get bailed out by a VAR call. You assume something's going to go their way. Now, that maybe doesn't cover a goal and a half. Again, not one of my bets of the week. But if, if I'm doing something here, that's where the value is. Just real quick. And I'm sure you you saw this, Tom. But if you follow me on Twitter, you know, I, I blew a gasket after the, yeah, the United <laughs> Aston Villa game. I mean, just absurd. And it happens to them so often, you know, I swear to God, somebody wrote a check and they're like, okay, well, Man United has been bad for a few years. It can't be bad again. So let's just, let's just figure it out. I mean, it's, it's just ridiculous. So, <laughs> so, so yeah, when you're betting against Man United or for them, you have to be like, okay, there probably will be a gift pen somewhere. Cause there is more often than not. I, I can't explain it. Cause they that wasn't, are, that wasn't a pen. So, well, they're the team that has benefited the most from VAR decisions and penalties this season. So it tracks. The data is the data. They have 30% more penalties than any other team. Explain that. 
I can't. <laughs> I mean, you can't it's just explain weird. that. It's absurd. <laughs> yeah. So anyway, but yeah, we can move on. That's probably not my favorite play. If I had to, I would. Like I said, I wouldn't back Burnley in that spot. I don't think that's a good spot. And then also, they have also some COVID issues too. So. Mm. Now, guys, yeah, what do you think? Aware of that. Yeah. You got you to yeah. look at the COVID news for every single one of these games nowadays. That's yeah. just the reality of where we're at. But one game that doesn't really have a lot of COVID news, Everton a little bit fresher because they, of course, did not have their Man City matchup due to COVID. And Man City just having a bigger envelope than poor Aston Villa, who's currently playing Liverpool with a U23 squad. But we've talked about that already. They play the Wolves the midweek. Wolves plus 155 as the home favorite. Everton a plus 190 road dogs. So this is a very close matchup here from DraftKings and the draw plus 225. Um, am I ready to start believing again? Every time I believe in this team, they hurt me, guys. Every single time. Last week, it was the brutal West Ham loss. But I don't know. Everton's playing Rotterdam today in the uh, this weekend in the FA Cup. And... That tells me that they're not obviously they're not going to have to play their big names for this game. Whereas Wolves is going up against Crystal Palace, and I think that they might be a little more tired coming off that midweek fixture. I'm liking that plus one ninety number. Wolves remains banged up. Uh, they have not been quite the same kind of confident bet that they were, especially post restart last year. They were a team that you could rely on for first half unders for live exactas for some money line plays as well. Um, I, I think this is a Thomas Viola value play. I'm going Everton plus 190. Had a lot of the ball against West Ham in that game, knocked it around pretty nicely. Didn't do a lot of the creation that we've seen them do in some of these other games. And I don't know if that'll change against still a pretty good defensive Wolves team. I'm thinking about a possible underplay here as well. Um, but as far as the result goes, I do like Everton plus 190. I think those prices are a little out of whack, and uh, Everton's a better team at this point. So, yeah, give me the toffees. Dylan, how about you? Yeah, I, I mean, I, our betting strategies are just a little different, so I would just take pick plus 110, get the draw protection. I just like the smooth results rather than taking the bigger plus price, so I would probably play the pick. You know, un- Dylan, under under Dylan, two and a quarter. I, I, have to, I have to interrupt you here for a second. Sure. The show isn't betting the safe line. The show is betting the high line. We have a brand to protect here, my man. I kind of it kind of feels like a draw <laughs> to me. If I if I had to pick one, if I had to pick between money line or draw, I kind of would lean draw. But but I think if I don't think wolves are winning the game. I'll put it I mean, I, cer- I certainly hope they don't ever to need oh. the points, uh, but also no disrespect to any of your picks, obviously. It's no, I know you're, you're just giving yeah, me – Yeah, we're, 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 we're messing around on the show, but uh, you, were talking, you were talking about the total. Yeah, it feels low. Two and a quarter. I don't know. That feels low to me. Yeah, I don't um, like that number. I just think it's a low-scoring game. Like, I don't, they almost have hit it I, – I, they've kind of hit it, right, on the head, right? Yeah. Yeah, but I don't know. That it doesn't feel slam dunk to me though. Usually when there's a two and a quarter, it's like, you know, Burnley's playing West Brom. West Brom. And it's yeah. like, is anyone gonna score? Probably not. There's good with this one, I mean, there's talent on both those teams. So 
That feels low. I'm not going to bet it, but I mean, that I feel like, I feel like if I had to, I would go over that, but, um, but no, my, my play would be Everton pick plus 110. Okay. So we're all, all across the board on Everton on that. I like it. Can't wait for that to fall on its face. But, oh yeah, really concerning. Plus Everton is that team. You got to watch out for it. They always have that capability to, they always have that capability to just absolutely break your heart. But one team that hasn't been, I just feel like, go ahead. Sorry. Go ahead. No, I was going to segue to the next game. So you, you finish up here. I was just last thing. I just, I just feel like wolves are kind of doing it with smoke and mirrors a little bit. You know, they, I have, I have had, to agree with you there. They've had some fortunate bounces and in, in things where, you know, I, I know Everton are hard to trust and I'm kind of with you on that, but I, but wolves, I, you know, I think they've gotten a bit fortunate uh, in their last, you know, few games. So. I can agree with that, but one team that, well, like I said, one team that hasn't been breaking hearts lately is Man City, and they're going up against a Brighton and Hove team that's going to be a 14-1 to dog in this one. City at home at the empty hod, minus 530. I'd imagine, Taylor, you're coming at this one with some kind of goal line play. I'm doing a goal line play, and I'm somehow fading City in this game. This was not a play I would have ever expected to do. I don't think I bet on Brighton once this year. I've not bet on them once this year. And yet, if you look at a lot of these games for Man City this year, I know we're going to all freak out on the overreaction over the last week, right? We're going to look at that Chelsea game. We're going to say, oh, City are back to pep ball. They're back to knocking it around and scoring lots of goals. And heck, they could totally win this game by five or six goals. But the stats don't really show that. They still are winning a lot of these games by two goals or less. So I can get Brighton plus two and a quarter inside minus 150 and minus 141. I know, Tom, you never like laying juice like that. I think that's fine. A fine price for me in a game that I think will be in the one to two goal loss range for Brighton. Again, not one of my best bets of the week, but if I'm doing anything on the goal line, that's where I'm going. I don't think City is this team of 2012, of 2014, of, of, of the mid-2010s that just constantly – puts these four or five, six goal results up. They're not that team anymore. They don't have a striker still. Let's not overreact to them against uh, a Chelsea team kind of in crisis over that last game. I can't believe I'm saying this. I'm going Brighton plus two and a quarter. <laughs> Dylan, what do you make of that? Man, Brighton, I, you know, <laughs> you, if you're fortunate, Taylor, that you haven't bet them and I've stopped, but you know, some of my cronies at action that really dig into, I mean, the data for Brighton, like they should be like top six in expected goal data. It's insane. They've been the most up and down team this season. It's, it's impossible to bet them. Remember when they, they I mean, I, I bet Liverpool against them and they came out and didn't they win that game or was that a draw? I'm pretty sure they won. The uh, I think it was a one-to-one draw, I believe. Okay, yeah, it, it was a draw. It was a different game. Liverpool blue. They they have the most draws in the prem by they have they have three more draws in the prem than any other team. So if they're winning, they'll give up a late pen, and if they're if they're losing, they'll come back. They were losing three to one to Wolves, and somehow the game was a draw. I'm you know, and I bet the draw. I'm like, I can't believe this came in. So they, you know, the underlying data would say they're, they're a talented team, but they just, at some point, in my opinion, now analytics, people would disagree with this. They would say it always reverts. My opinion, sometimes like, it's just not there. Um, So I don't hate the plus two. I think I, I, 
if, if you're just going to go by the data, that would be a good play. I kind of would just play the under though, but that's just me. City have been a under machine this year. And which is a surprising know, turn from last year. Yeah. And, and, and it's really just, it's strategic by Pep. He's, he's not kind of going all out. He's, he's basically like, okay, let's get a clean sheet. Let's get one or two goals and, and kind of call it a day. Um, you know, so at th- under three and a quarter, I think is minus one fifteen. I think I'd probably go that route personally. So, all right, one more game, real quick here to get into Aston Villa versus Spurs. Villa plus three seventy at home. Tottenham minus one fifty five on the road in the draw plus three forty. Uh, what are you guys thinking here? We are starting to run low on time in this one, but give me some quick thoughts before we go into best bets. I defer to Dylan on this one. I, I like this Villa team, but I'm probably a no touch. So what do you think, Dylan? I would just bet the over. Um, it's dependent on who plays. So if Villa field a good team, which again, with the COVID situation, it's really hard to know, but, but if, but if all their guys play, you know, this feels like a, feels like an over to me. So I would play over, over three minus one ten is what it, what it looks like. Um, I think you're, I think you really just got to watch out for this COVID situation because I yeah. don't think that they're going to have a full team. And honestly, there's a good chance this game doesn't get played. Yeah. I mean, it, Again, yeah, I don't, I don't disagree. D- uh, Taylor, any final thoughts on that game? Uh, I would probably back the over as well. Um, I, again, Jack Grealish, player of the year so far, been incredible. Now that he can actually be Jack Grealish and not do 15 different things every game like he had to do last year, um, he's shining. So it's been nice to see from, from a Villa perspective. All right, guys, let's get into some best bets here before we close out the show. Um, if you don't mind this week, I would like to get us started because I absolutely have to lock in this Dortmund Leipzig over two and a half goals. This is my best bet of the week. This is one that I'm going to be playing rather heavily. I'll probably also take a little bit on the Leipzig side, but by far the best bet for me, this game is going over two and a half. Yeah, I I think it might be the lock of the week. I have increasingly talked myself into it after you talked me into it earlier in the show, Tom. Uh, I'm not going to make it one of my best bets just to be interesting, but uh, well done getting out in front of that one to try to help that best (laughs) bets record, baby. Nicely done. Uh, Speaking of which, we are are resetting the best bets for the year now. We're going with with a fresh start and we're going to try and track both units and record now. That's the way to do it. Uh, I'm going back to the FA Cup, that crazy Marine Tottenham fixture reminder, Marine eighth tier of the English football pyramid. I'm going Spurs minus four and a half goals. I don't care who they're playing out there. They could be playing all academy players. I'll wait for the lineup, but doesn't matter to me. Plus price on that plus 108 Spurs minus four and a half goals. Dylan, anything for you? It's going to be an Italy heavy weekend for me. Um, I don't disagree with the over. I'll probably bet that, but it's not going to be a best bet. Juve minus one and a half over Sassuolo. Um, Juve have been fantastic lately. And even before the Milan drubbing, they, you know, they're, they're basically generating close to three expected goals per game over their last seven. Sassuolo, every time they played a good team this year outside of Napoli, you know, they've basically crumbled. I, I love, I love Juve minus one and a half. So that's definitely my best bet. 
All right, now moving on to round two. I have to agree with you there. I like Juve as well. I mean, they've been a machine even in Serie A, and they're starting to really come into their own, mostly thanks to the greatest player in the Italian league, which is, of course, Weston McKinney. My second best bet, I'm going to go Everton plus 190. Uh, Why why not? Just, Just follow my boys and lock that one in. I like you said, you don't think Wolves is winning this game. I I think Everton is going to have a good shot, especially because they're going to be pretty wet, actually rested after this FA Cup weekend where they do not have to play their main players. I'm going to give my last two because I got to run out of here. So I'll let you wrap it it up, Tom. Uh, I'm doing one here that is risky because it's all determined on what the lineup is. But, hey, we got limited stuff this week. I love the FA Cup. I'm going back to it on that Stoke plus 380 because I don't think Leicester's playing anyone, and I have loved what I've seen from Stoke in the championship this season. I think they're getting into one of those playoff places. I think they could get back to the Prem, and I always look for the mismatched value of Prem versus championship, possibly taking upper mid-table championship teams in the FA Cup. I'm taking Stoke at just a price that's out of whack there. Thomas Viola value play plus 380. My last one, another value. You're going to do it on a cold, rainy night in Stoke. That's it. Although, unfortunately, in this case, it's got to be a cold, rainy afternoon on Saturday. Um, My final one, Everton plus 190. I'm thinking about some kind of maybe a live under an exacta. I don't know. As Dylan said, that number is really low at two and a quarter, but I like Everton to win the game. Wolves are still a little banged up. Uh, haven't been the same reliable team that they were last year. I'm going to fade them. Everton plus 190 at that. I'll see you guys later. Tom, Dylan, we'll talk. Good to see I'll you. Carry the show home. Don't worry. Dylan, uh, wrap, wrap us up here with your final two best bets. I'll give my last play and then we'll head out of here. Yeah. So these ones are going to be a little off the radar for some, but the second one it is pretty good. The third one will be off the radar, but Torino, Milan, over three plus money. Locked in. Um, Milan have scored two plus goals in a ridiculous amount of games outside of the Juventus game, which was which was tricky. And Torino, they can score with the best of them, and their defense is is absolutely atrocious. So I think that's, that's a, a, a good for overplay over. for Saturday afternoon. Again, Italy. Some people aren't for it. It's been a successful league for me. I'm. You know. Here's the thing. If you can have success in the non quote unquote mainstream league, Serie A obviously very much a mainstream league, but when people are thinking of betting, they're thinking of the premier league, they're thinking of the champions league and maybe the Bundesliga, but you can find so much value here, especially because a lot of the times bookmakers aren't going to be placing the lines are going to be a lot looser on some of these other leagues, like the Bundesliga, like Serie A, like league Un. And you can really make some money there. Well, and, and the, the the reason you can is because the defending, it's it's historically been a defensive league. The defending's not good. And so, you know, there's a lot of two and a half, two, seven, five, three goal totals. I do a lot of total betting, a ton. Um, you know, like if you just bet every over, in Torino and Milan, you're, you're, you're good. You're profitable for sure. So I agree. And in EPL, it's, they're just really tight. I mean, you have to, you have to be good at figuring out when teams are trending upwards and downwards and figuring that out before the market, because the lines are, you know, pretty spot on, like you said. 
Yeah, so, the, line, the lines are just going to be more more stringent. It's tougher to find that extra value, and that's why you you want to look to some of these other leagues. Yeah, and then the last one I have, you might not even know these teams. <laughs> Crotone is playing Hellas Verona. I'm so, not saying I could name any players on these teams, but I do know Crotone. Hellas Verona, I they they frustrate me sometimes because I feel like. They're not as good as their record, but minus 125 money line over. And you got to use your hands. Crotone, you got to use that. Yeah, so they suck. I mean, they're <laughs> they're really bad. They're the worst team in Syria by like a country mile. Um, it's in Verona. If they don't win this game, I would be very surprised. So that that will be a play as well on Sunday. So in in fair Verona, two soccer teams take their take their play. Yep, exactly. My uh, my final bet here is going to be Freiburg versus Köln. Give me Freiburg over a very much worse Köln team. So I'm going double Bundesliga this week. Um, we've talked we, we've talked about that Bundesliga play already here on the show, but those are going to wrap up my best bets. Hopefully, we can start off the year three and zero. Dylan, best of luck to you. Where can people find you on social media? Uh, yeah, uh, Twitter account. Um, yeah, Dylan Dylan Espa. Pretty easy to find. All my plays are on. On the Action app, um, please check out the Action Network app. It's you know we have tons of soccer articles on there, um, and myself as well as others that are tracking all their plays. So yeah, check it out. And yeah, mainly on Twitter and just tracking my plays through through the app. So all right, and if you want even more, uh, e- even more content, always po- uh, we're always posting our plays and our picks on the Book It Sports app as well. Sorry, Dylan. It still is a book and sports show. So I have to preempt you there. (laughs) Um, But yes, please download the book and sports app. They are our awesome hosts for this show and so many others you can check out um, bet. Like uh, you you can check out the parlay cast with Jeff Parles. Uh, We have a ton of, we have a ton of awesome content coming down the pipe guys. Check out Book It Sports. Follow him at Book It HQ on Twitter. And of course, you can follow myself at TV at Work. And you can follow Taylor at ATLTWill on Twitter and just TWill, both with one L, on the Book It Sports app. I'm TV, TV at Work on both. Dylan, thank you so much for joining us today. Guys, best of luck in the new year. Best of luck on all of your bets for the weekend. Tweet at us. Let us know how we're doing on the show. Let us know what you want us to talk about, what your picks and plays for the week are. We'd love to be giving people shout outs. Don't forget to like, subscribe, and share with your friends. And thank you so much and have a good weekend of bets.